Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of Birds with Friends, Bo Wolf and Sheila Kapadia back together face-to-face at the Novacare Complex as we move forward because the Eagles, they're in the tournament, baby. They got a berth in the tournament. And in the tournament, anything can happen. You got a chance. It's a bunch of big, strong, powerful men. Big, strong, powerful men. They know ball. They play ball. They love ball. And they're in the tournament. The other guys get paid, too. Low man wins. All right, coming up on the show today, we will move on from yesterday's Sparrow focus of the Bears offense against the Eagles defense, and then turn the tide, turn the page, flip sides of the ball, flip the script to the other side of this matchup, the Eagles offense against the vaunted Bears defense. And that's about what we've got on the show today. I have also, though, I have filled in my mind... The head coach openings for all the teams who have head coach openings with, mm. with uh, what are there, eight, eight head coach openings. I have filled their jobs uh, with coaches who are not getting interviews from what I can tell. Seven first-time head coaches and one retread. A retread who is, is not uh, often mentioned. I look That's forward to that. For if you haven't already, check out theathletic.com slash Philly Bow with the conversation with Joe Banner. I thought some uh, fascinating insight there in terms of Nick Foles' future, which will be, could be like an extremely hot topic a month from now, mm. or it could be a semi-hot topic five days from now. Yes. It, it could go either way. Um, so definitely go and check that out. I wrote my... 10 thoughts on this Eagles-Bears matchup. We're getting to some of them in these podcasts, right. but I'm not giving you everything. Okay. I'm you giving hold, you some. Hold something a little bit back. And we have a comment on, on my post. I just brought okay. it up to reference some things. Yeah. It's from Malcolm J. Did he subscribe oh, based on uh, what did he your say? person of the year? He said, great post shield and great data. I thought this would be a trenches game, and I like our chances if we are good in that area against the Bear. Hmm. Just the Bear. Okay. He's busy. He's got meetings and practice. He can't worry about proper... Do you think uh, he thought it was going to be a trenches game, and now he's... No, I don't think... No, he, I think he still thinks Knowing that. what I know of Malcolm Jenkins' schedule, yeah. I'm not sure he has time to be commenting on our articles, but I like it. Right. Could but, be. Buzzkill. Could Thank be. you. Okay. Could be. Could be during special teams meetings when he's when he admitted that he is sometimes watching film on, the, on his... Uh, on his iPad. Watching film, reading The Athletic, yeah. whatever. Could be. We know he probably has a subscription now that he's man of the... Sports Person of the Year. That's right. All right. I was thinking, you know, we thought about giving, uh, when we were discussing names for that Person of the Year. Yes. Joel Embiid was one of the names, and now him and Ben Simmons. And 
yelling at each other over rebounds. Well, I will, I will also... It's probably good that we didn't, you know, that might have been a little controversial. Well, who knows? Maybe that wouldn't have happened if he had been... Had not been okay. slighted All right, that's as Athletic true. Philadelphia Person of the Year. My other person who I pitched, I will admit, Barbara Bottini. Mm, that's true. I thought that would have been a fun story. Okay. Um, and, of course, as you said, do rate, review, subscribe, download, delete, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to leave a comment. With your prediction for how many points the Eagles will score in the playoffs. That's right. Those have been coming in. I'm not going to read any right now, but thank you to everyone who's leaving those reviews. And I didn't give out the code. Uh, Theathletic.com slash wildcard gets you 99 per- No, I'm just kidding. That's not a real oh, code. Theathletic.com slash WIP. We're still using that even though Joe Giglio is dunking us. Theathletic.com slash uh, MeUndies. No, that's not one. The real, yeah. the real one is theathletic.com slash WIP. 30% off, seven-day free trial. Don't be a loser. Go subscribe. Don't be a loser. Okay. All right. We turn our attention to the Eagles offense against Boy, the Bears defense. What a matchup. What a matchup. This Bears defense is something else. It's very good. Uh, quickly, the DVOA numbers. And how about uh, our dear friend Merrill Reese? D5. Yeah, that was awesome. Wanted to know a little bit more about DVOA coming up because he had listened to the podcast. Shout out, Merrill. Hope you're listening. Or, or did he read? I feel like he read well, maybe. the analysis. Yeah, you might be right. No? I don't know. Okay. Either way, the Eagles offense, 16th overall in DVOA, weighted 14th, 11th passing, 27th running. The Bears defense, number one overall. Number one weighted. Weighted again is a little bit more weighting towards recency yeah. uh, of the end of the season, last four weeks, I believe. Number one against the pass. Number two against the run. Uh, Vic Fangio has done it again. I will tell you what I was surprised about, and you, you pointed this out in your piece. Um, you know, you hear so much about Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks up the middle. But their sack rate is just good. It is not. It is not uh, spectacular. Elite, spectacular. Ninth in the league, I believe. Yeah. I really, I oh, sorry. I, I thought there were more numbers. I've got more numbers more, to, okay. to throw in. Oh, here, you want to talk I'll in the middle? Yeah. yeah. No, it is interesting. I mean, you watch you watch them, and you think, wow, these are a lot of really good players, and they're playing at a high level, and they're certainly making game changing plays. But you look at the overall. Raw statistics. Now, sometimes those can be misleading just because a team isn't high in sack rate. For instance, the Eagles are not high in sack rate, but pressure rate, quarterback hits per game, the Eagles are very good in all those categories. And the Bears, I think, are 31st in quarterback hits per game. And then you look at it, well, yeah, but our team's just getting rid of the ball quickly because they get there so fast. That's not the case either. So there's really no statistical evidence that says this is an elite pass rush but again that's not to poo poo them we know they're very good yeah it's hard to kind of yeah it's hard to mesh those two things together i don't know how would you like to go through this i got a lot of numbers i got a lot of stuff here that i don't really know how to uh how to go about doing why don't we do a little big picture then we can do a little Eagles situational, you know, the foals, the pass catchers. I wanted to get to this one thing, though, that's very interesting. Uh, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders in a little back and forth, I believe, with uh, DFOP Sam Lynch. You know, they came out with their final DVOA numbers for the year, 
and the Eagles are the most average team in the history of their DVOA yes. stats, which is like which is awesome. Explain it a little bit across the board because yes. as, you know they are they are fifteenth overall. Yes, sixteenth on offense, fifteenth on defense. 15th special teams. 16th overall, I think. That's what I said. Okay. Oh, no, 16th weighted, 15th overall, I have. Oh, he's, I, I don't know. Whatever the spreadsheet is, he, he put out, he said, <laughs> Bo is trying to peek over at my computer. He thinks I'm lying about a screen grab from Aaron Schatz. I wrote it down. <laughs> he's, he's looking over here thinking I can't it read. It says 16th. That's what I said. You've been saying 15th. I said. You just said 15th. Yeah, whatever. L- watch the tape. So 16th overall, 16th on offense, 15th on defense, 15th on special teams. And then he added another great note, which is that they played the most average, the most middle-of-the-road schedule. I think it was the third the league, most right? middle-of-the-road schedule third this year, okay. but very close so, to uh, middle-of-the-road. It's, it's like and they were middle-of-the-road in variance. They yeah. have just been mediocre it's amazing. all year long. There's nothing they've done great that's no. had to compensate for something else. Everything they do is mediocre. I like yeah. to think... Uh, I'm the 2018 Eagles. I don't think you're giving yourself <laughs> enough credit. There's nothing wrong with mediocrity. That's good. That's balance. Yeah, I think you could do better than that. No, there are plenty of things I'm terrible at. Yes, you're high variance. Do you think I'm high variance? I don't think I don't I'm think, high variance. I don't think you're high variance, but I think you're... I would yeah. say you might be high variance. Well, yeah, I think we're approaching it differently. I'm saying you. there are, you know... <laughs> If we're talking, you know, capacity for human emotion, you're, you're bottom quartile of the league, maybe you know, twenty seventh right. in the league. But uh, yeah, that's you know, true. you can get up, you can get up there on some other things. Okay, good enough. Okay, all right. So overall, um, you want? Uh, I think it's a pretty clear cut, big picture game plan for the Eagles. Let's start there. Okay, and then we'll get into the little nuggets. Well, let's let's okay. Up front, it's a three-four okay. defense in in uh, name. in general in name, but not uh, necessarily in execution. So uh, you know the guys on the outside. You've got Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd, and then up front, Akeem Hicks is the big guy to worry about. Eddie Goldman is a very good uh, nose tackle. Yeah. Bilal Nichols from Delaware has uh, been an impact player for them, and they've got a bunch of other guys who rotate in. Your boy Roy Robertson Harris. Got, it feels like they have like. 20 defensive linemen, Aaron Lynch, it? yeah, they do. <laughs> They've um, got a lot of guys they rotate in. Right. Um, and uh, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan in the middle, very good Inside pair of linebackers. linebackers. And then the secondary has been uh, very good. The Bears lead the league in takeaways. Kyle Fuller has seven interceptions. Eddie Jackson has, I think, six yes. interceptions. Uh, Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos are the two safeties. Kyle Fuller and I Prince. was convinced the Eagles were drafting Adrian Amos. I like I, I Fran Duffy Adrian and I uh, both liked okay. Adrian Amos. I had him in every Eagles only mock draft that year. Nice. And they didn't take him. They didn't take him. Probably could should have taken him. Um, I don't know who they drafted instead. Eddie Jackson did not play last week, but uh, it does sound like expectations are that that he will play. Prince of Mukamara is a guy who's had a bit of an up and down career. I think you could probably say is the weak link of the secondary, but he has been pretty good this Still year. Still been pretty good. He's yeah. been pretty good. Um, they will, uh, and this has, this was talked about on the uh, the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. They they will stay in base. They will uh, not necessarily be tempted to sub, and uh, that is one thing that I think uh, concerns the Eagles a little bit. In that, I was looking at their numbers versus twelve personnel. Now, this is an Eagle. This is a Bears defense that okay, that's interesting. Best in the league against just general best in the league four point right. seven eight yards allowed per play. 
right? That's that's the best in the league. Overall. Overall. Yeah. You know what they allowed against 12 personnel? What is it? 3.8 yards Woo. per play. So this, I know. Now, do you know where that ranks, like, league-wide? That was number one. Um, Jeez. Now. Because I was thinking more teams are going to be running out of 12. More, so of it course, might be a little it is jaded, be, but it's still number it one. Okay. All right. Um, versus 11, they were 4.95, for instance. That's interesting. So, um, now, listen, the Eagles have, you would think, better 12 personnel than most teams or any team, potentially, with their, yeah. their pair of tight ends. But uh, this, is a, this is a defense that is not, not afraid of that, necessarily. Hmm. Not that they're afraid of anything. But. Very good. Some of the names you mentioned there, uh, Khalil Mack will line up on both sides. Both sides. I feel like in Oakland, wasn't he mostly left? In that game, I, I, I have started to rewatch that okay. game, and I have not finished. Uh, but it was Lane mostly Johnson. against Lane Johnson. Yeah, so, but that will not be the case here. Uh, just watching the three games I did, you know, he's coming in on stunts and games and twists and looping around. And so it is going to have to be a team effort. It would be a lot of, I feel like if you're the Eagles, you would feel okay about it. If it was Lane Johnson against him the entire game, not to say Lane Johnson's going to like dominate him. I mean, he's going to win his battles. He's a great player, but you, that would be easier. This is not so easy. There is no one the Eagles are not going to give Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson help in this game. They, those two guys are going to be expected to win their one-on-one yes. matchups. Yeah, so uh, – and Mac is just very good. I mean, you know, in those games he just – I don't know, like, the technical acumen for mm-hmm. pass rushing, but uh, I heard your boy Greg – He's a big, strong, powerful Greg man. Cosell on uh, the – Eagle Eye in the Eagle Sky Eye podcast. Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. When he was talking about uh, how the thing about football is it's a numbers game. No, it was when he said that Mac knows how to uh, set up – Mm. Like his pass rush moves, and you can just see that he's like going outside, and the guy's leaning, and then boom, he's inside, and he has a sack like really boom. fast, and he just keep, he just does that constantly. So it's uh, a numbers game. That's going to be a big challenge. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Floyd, I liked him coming out of college. Okay, good for you. He was like a top ten pick. Good so player. You don't get that much credit for Akeem that. Hicks is maybe like if I had to define big, strong, powerful man mm. by like you know. If there were five defensive linemen who qualified for that, I think he is probably one of them this Him year. Him or Fletcher Cox, who's a bigger, stronger, powerful man. You know, I, I think I would say Hicks because Cox has the athleticism too. Okay. Like the big, strong, powerful man, I think like that's his thing. Okay. And Cox is a better player because he's got that. Right. But he also has the athleticism. Okay. So I'll get... Uh, that's the most troublesome matchup for the Eagles. It is, no, no doubt. Up front. I mean... Uh, Joe Banner's boy, Stefan Wisniewski, mm-hmm. getting matched up against uh, Akeem Hicks. It's going to be tough. They're going to have to be smart about how to help Wisniewski, all those different things. And then they've got all those other dudes I mean, who just rotate need, in. They're also going to need, like, this. The, it's probably not a good time for Jason Peters to have his, like, seven snaps and he goes out of the game. No. I would agree with that. Yeah. It would be good if he could play this entire game. Now, this Bears defense does not blitz a lot. By the numbers, and football, Correct. of course, is a numbers game, but um, they do mix up the pass rushers. You will sometimes see it'll yes. still be a four-man rush, yes. but it'll be uh, one of the inside linebackers coming in and, and uh, Mack and Floyd. Yeah, will, it's not like what the drop. Eagles do. Right. Right. Here are like, four down four linemen. Right. They're coming at you. It's, we're still going to have seven in coverage. I mean, they're going to have five guys on the line of scrimmage very yes. often. Yes, so... Uh, that's I think Roquan Smith I believe has five sacks mm-hmm. on the season, so he's someone to keep an eye out. I've always liked Danny Trevathan. Okay, through the years, 
And guys like Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd, yeah, they'll drop into coverage, like you mentioned, and they can stay in base, and they've had success schematically being able to do that and still uh, still stick with those guys. So given all those factors, I mean, running the ball just feels like it, it's a complete lost cause in this game. Not to say you're not going to run it at all. No, but I, and, I think, and I think that this is another game where you are looking at uh, short, quick passes, hundred percent hands handoffs to Nelson Aguilar, or whatever those things that are an extension of the running game. Yeah, as we like to say, uh, that is going to be a big part. You know, the, the Eagles have talked already all week about how they, how they can't get behind schedule against this this Bears defense. They have to. Oh, uh, I'm so sick of and that, and I'm sick of that too. But I think you will see those concerted efforts to get behind schedule. Live a little. <laughs> I mean, what do you always have to stay on there's schedule? there's one thing I like, it's being behind schedule. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that's I'm comfortable fun. with. Yeah. What's more fun than a third and 13 conversion? I like to be as behind schedule as possible yeah. and then really just bang it out at the last second. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> so I'm dig- I've been digging into some uh, Nikki Foles numbers for a piece I think I'll probably write for tomorrow. Okay. And, uh, you know, there have been times throughout this, this mini three-week stretch where it's been like, wow, Foles is... Chucking it downfield, and you know that's a, the difference. It's not the difference at all. I mean, it's he's playing in a style, and I asked Peterson about this today that I don't think we've ever seen from him before. It is not his, yeah. It's not his style. He's getting rid of the ball so quickly. I'll have all the numbers in this piece, so I'm not going to bore you with them here. But uh, his ability to just get rid of the ball is negating the pass rush tremendously. He was only sacked four times in three games, and I think three of those were last week, right? So those first two games, he was only sacked once. And it's a high percentage of his throws that he's getting rid of it in under two seconds where the defense really has no chance. Peterson's explanation was that he just has a great understanding of the offense right now, and he knows where to go with the ball. And there are numbers that back that up. He's throwing the open guys. He's getting rid of it quickly. They're avoiding negative plays. And all those things that we've seen throughout the last three games, like that's the blueprint for how they need to play offensively against the Bears. It's exactly what you said. I, you know, I, I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball. I mean, explosive passing plays. The, the Bears are first in most of those categories, downfield completions, all those different things. Uh, you just have to sort of be efficient. You don't go into this game thinking you're going to score 30. You want to avoid big mistakes. You want to... Uh, you know, string together some drives. Like a, I hate saying this because all this stuff is like against what I believe about most football. Mm-hmm. But this is like the one scenario. Like a field goal is not the end of the world. Like this, this is the conservative coaches would love. Like you know, they think that most weeks mm. it's kind of true. This week, like if you put together a drive, pick up some first downs, and kick a field goal, that's fine. That's good. That's a win. Yeah, maybe you're playing at a big talent deficit. Maybe. Okay. I mean, you want you want to score some touchdowns. I'm not Give saying I'm not saying turtle up. You know, you take your shots, but I just think you have to be extra smart about it in this game because Bears led the NFL in takeaways. They're just waiting for you to make that mistake and put their offense in the red zone, and then they you know they do something, they score a touchdown. That's how they win games. There are some things that do remind me. Of, the, this Bears team reminds me of, of last year's Eagles team. Uh, the really? Take, the takeaways being one of okay. I mean, their defense is obviously better than the Eagles' defense yeah. was last year. But the takeaways they've done, they've been sort of the the celebration team this year, hmm. like the Eagles were last year. Uh, we talked in the summer about how if there was a team who was trying to follow the Eagles' right. blueprint, it was the Bears because they hired the uh, Reed Disciple for their second-year yes. quarterback. 
Uh, I think there are. I think there are some similarities. Just I was. Did I you was, read that story today in uh, on SI about Matt Nagy. No, it's good. Pretty good little story about uh, some of the things he does to lighten up the mood. I guess. Okay. Calls in the uh, in the middle of defensive meetings will knock on the door, interrupt oh. Vic Fangio's meeting, and call in a couple defensive players to come into the offensive room because he's got a play cooked up for him. Oh, Sam well, Brown. he does do that. Yeah, he does those. Yeah. You know, they threw that touchdown to Bradley Sal, yeah, who's the backup offensive lineman, and. Uh, bringing guys in, so I thought Nagy sounded pretty fun on that conference call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great, great Delco accent. Yeah, but he's not from Delco. Well, okay, I mean, okay, he's from like Lancaster. Well, he's still got the accent. He went to Delaware. Well, Delaware's not in Delco. I, okay, great he might area have, accent. He might have never even been in Delco. Well, he had to go through Delco. <laughs> He did have quite the eye. Was he putting that on it for the conference like, it call? It felt like he might it have It felt been like he was, maybe he was yeah. pulling a Jay Ajayi. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you should have jumped in there and asked him. <laughs> I probably should Where's this coming from? Uh, the Football Outsiders numbers against uh, individual receivers Ooh, for this Eagles These are interesting. It's, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. uh, against number one receivers, number one. Against number two receivers, fifth best. Against others, so your slots, fifth best. Against tight ends, third best. And against running backs, tenth best. So that's your best chance. That's your best Could chance. be another Darren Sproles game. That's right. In terms of coverages, Nick Foles was talking about this quite a bit today. It's, it's that pattern-matching zone where they're playing zone coverage, but they're not just dropping to a spot and sort of waiting for a defender to enter their area, which we see the Eagles do a lot of. But... It is crazy. On like you will see on film, a safety like Eddie Jackson or Adrian Amos just recognize a certain route that's being run and just like fire fire downfield and just crush a guy or mm. break up a pass. I mean, it, it is amazing, and it's um, you know the your boys in Seattle also played a pattern match zone, and it's just a matter of here are our coverages, here are the concepts we know we're going to see. We're all on kind of a, a string and rotating together. I think continuity really matters when you play this type of scheme. And it sounds it, to me like like what should be the best defense, but you need the personnel. To I be think, able to yeah. It, I right? mean, Foles said that. He said if you know if you play a team that tries to do this and they're not good at it, you right. can cash it, and they're really good at it. So uh, it is it is going to be. T- what does tough sledding even mean? Where does that come from? It's <laughs> a good question. Tough sledding. Uh, who's trying to, like who's trying to sled uphill? Yeah. Like, hmm. were you a sled? Were you a sledding kid? I think I've been sledding fewer than five times. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh man, even I've done it more maybe, than that. Maybe as a kid, like, you go out there and go down a hill. Not really. One of those circular red. We time, had those real cheap I can plastic. Really remember sledding? We're at my uh, my other grandparents' okay. house, and that was like once a year. All right. Only if there was snow on the ground. Yeah, we had the the circular red mm. plastic ones. Then once I remember we got the uh, this blue plastic one, but it was a two seater. Mm. So one person in front, one in the back. How old were you when you were doing the sled the sledding? I don't know. I mean, probably between the ages of five and ten, I would say. Okay, well that's why I, I I didn't I didn't get out of the city mm, until okay. I was nine or ten. Okay, all right, that makes so sense. Maybe missed some prime sledding years. Also, I. Uh, the one hole in my athleticism is uh, is riding a bike. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with sledding. No, but it's because I didn't grow up riding a bike. Oh, I didn't okay. learn how to ride a bike until later. I, I was in the suburbs, and I am horrible <laughs> on a bike. Okay, well. Anything with balance, terrible. 
Okay. I don't understand the toboggan people. I mean, that's that's a bridge too far. Those things. Those wooden. You know what I'm talking. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I do you? sort of know. Those what like you're talking wooden about. sled type things. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Mm. A little too high risk for my taste. I'll okay. tell you what. Okay. All right. Where there are we? probably not a ton of uh, Indians on Indian tobogganers yeah. in, the, in the Olympics. I think that's probably true. Uh, if you want to talk about the performance of this Bears defense on a down-by-down basis over the course of the season, they were the best first-down defense in football, giving up uh, 4.6 yards per play and first downs uh, fewer than 17% of the time. Eagles were 16th and 14th, depending on uh, which stat you want to look at. They were Bears were a little bit worse on second down, but still top five, and on third down, uh, they were between 5th and 10th, depending on, on where you want to look. Eagles, if you want to look at their performance over the past four weeks, if you want to weight it that way, a little bit more of a smaller sample size, but they have been better on third down than they have been over the course of the season. Um, I don't know. Bears allowed- the Bears' defense is good in every way. And some people have been making the comparison to the Vikings. You know, they're saying, oh, yeah, that's what we heard about the Vikings last, last year. year. Uh, the DVOA numbers for the Bears are much significantly better than they were for that Vikings team. Mm-hmm. That Vikings team, remember, we talked about was all about third down. They yes. were so good on third down, historically good. They were the best third down defense ever. Yeah. Uh, but this Bears defense is, is much more well-rounded. They allowed 13 they downfield don't have, they don't throws. chumps like Harrison Smith. 13 downfield completions all year, which tied for best in the league. What's that, uh, like 25 20, yards 20 or 20 more? Or more yeah. Wow, that's tiny. Uh, red zone, they are the uh, tied for fifth in the red zone. Eagles 17th on offense. Doug needs to get a little crazy in this game also. I'd like to, I'd like to see Doug pull out, pull out some stops in this game. If last year's any indication, he will, right? Yeah. He saw a flea flicker in the NFC title game and then a Philly special in the Super Bowl. And you saw the, and, and remember those Nelson Aguilar handoffs were busted out in the Falcons True. game. True. So the, I think there will be, whether it's... What a trickeration! What a stupid term. What is that? What do you? What What could they do? Could they do? You know what? You think about like what? What could they do to surprise the Bears? Yeah, and it would be something like with Golden Tate. But we don't want to see them forcing the ball to Golden Tate. So, well, what could they possibly do with Golden Tate? I don't know. He's run the ball before. Yeah, but the, it's like Aguilar's been that guy for right. Like, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You you break that tendency. Bears, by the way, off, that's not will enough. be without their their nickel corner Bryce Callahan, yes. who has been very good. But Sherry McManus not not terrible either. Correct by all accounts. I don't know what could they do. I mean, a flea flicker feels a little risky. You think they could pull that off? I, I've been waiting all year for a fake play on special teams. By the way, speaking of which, I have to apologize to Matt Nagy. When I was saying yesterday about those times he wasn't aggressive, mm-hmm. and so after that is when I wrote up this piece and I was doing all my fact-checking, the one time he lined up for a punt and then they called a fake. It was awesome. Oh, okay. I don't think it worked, but still, okay. the announcers were like, <laughs> it actually was great. Cause Against the Vikings? I, don't, I think it might have uh, been the Packers. I don't okay. know. It's one of these scenarios where you should absolutely go fourth and one, fourth and two, opponent's territory, mm-hmm. and the announcers are going, oh, well, Matt Nagy said he learned from that Rams game. If your defense is playing well, sometimes you just got to put him, oh, and it's a fake. Nice, I like and that. So he, they're like, oh, he can't help himself. And so uh, I apologize for that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what else? Yeah, I don't know what else, what else they could do. 
Trying to break some tendencies. Uh, any any of these running backs can throw the ball? Little halfback pass? I don't think so. We'll see a lot of those. Yeah, I like those. That is a fun play. Who can throw it? Which of these Aguilar positions? has thrown it once before Aguilar this can year. throw it. Okay. Alshon's a lefty. Ooh, against his former against team. Against his former team. I like that. But they never, he he never gets the ball. No, but I like, you know what I like? You know what? Screen? The double pass. Okay. Even better. All right. That's fun. I love a double pass. That's not bad. Even more fun than a running back pass, I think. Okay. Can Golden Tate throw it? I think he's also a lefty. He can throw it, I think, right? He's also a lefty, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. They're doing something like this. I don't know. You don't We've think been so? asking for this all year. Yeah, but they save it for the postseason. Okay. You, you, you don't break that bad boy out in like week eleven against yeah, but the you Giants. Don't know. They, or they, they didn't know there was going to be a postseason. Yeah, at that they, point. they knew, didn't you hear that? Malcolm Jenkins said he knew. We didn't know. In the locker room, they knew. <laughs> I do think. I think it's a uh, you know. I think you got to pull out something. Throw crazy. a couple things you have. Curveballs, yes. Okay. I think I got some questions. Should we get to those? Sure. I'm looking at Are we done talking about this matchup? I don't know. Do you have anything else to say? Well, I mean, do you uh, you, you say <clears throat> the game plan is clear you got to be uh, sort of how Doug wants to play offense is chunk chunk and chunk down the field. Um, efficient passing attack. That's the key. You think this is a you think this is a Zach a big Zach Ertz game? We know we said they're third against the or third or fifth against tight ends. I think third. Yeah. Um, you got both tight ends. Yeah. They got somebody who can who can cover Dallas Goddard. Maybe it's a big Dallas Goddard game. It could be. I mean, I think Ertz is so good at finding those voids in zone coverage, and this is kind of a mm-hmm. different kind where, right? You know, but I, I think. Uh, Alshon, give him a chance against his former team. You know he'll be he'll be amped. You know what? In that Packers game, Rodgers hit two deep balls down the sideline. I think they were just go routes versus Mukamara to Devontae Adams, which were sort of examples of the type of play that Alshon can make. You know, just it wasn't like a Mukamara was beat or anything, but gave him a chance. So yeah, I think you, I think those are the smart shots to take because they're pretty low risk. What does Alshon say? Either I'll catch it or I'll make sure he doesn't catch it, right? Isn't that his... Uh... No, and I think he says, either I'll catch it or I'll make sure that okay. doesn't catch it. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think those are the shot plays to mix in there. Okay. I don't... It's tough. I, maybe, maybe Friday we'll talk about who... You think Gibby is going to be active in this game? No. <laughs> okay. There's not one player right now in my head that stands out as this is the guy who yeah. they need to have a big game. I mean... I guess you could say like a Sproles. They're 10th against running right, backs. Like, Get the ball out quickly to him. See if he can jitterbug his way for seven yards. Yeah. Again, this is, this is a big, strong, powerful defense. Maybe not his. But we'll see. Oh, how dare you after he's powered in for two touchdowns. That's right. All right. You got anything else? I'm going to give you my coaches or you want to go to the questions? Oh, go ahead. Let me find this. The exercise is I wanted to find coaches who... Some of these guys have gotten interviews in the past. I wanted to fill all eight jobs with first-time head coaches. And then I found one guy who has been a coach before, and I was thinking, oh, why hasn't that guy been talked about? Okay. Let me tell you who I, who, who I wrote on possibilities and who I did not fill a job with. 
Steelers offensive coordinator Randy Fichtner. Okay. First year coordinator, but that and that he used to coach the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. That offense has been very good for years in a row. Well, this is his first year, I think, as offensive yeah. coordinator. Okay. But he's been part of the staff. Right. How about their running backs coach? Actually, I gave him a job, so save that one. Uh, flip. You know who I'm interested in I'd like to talk to? Broncos running backs coach Curtis Modkins. I've heard the name. Have you? Yeah. Is that a guy who's gotten some juice before? I he was know. actually Chip's offensive coordinator in uh, in San Francisco. Oh. Not that he was doing anything, but he's learned from some, uh, got, got a little bit of a diversified background. Okay. Those running backs were good. I guess that's about it. Okay. Okay. Whose job do you want to do you want to know? Just hey, your world. Give them to okay. me. Okay. Green Bay Packers. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Green Bay Packers leave the offense to Aaron Rodgers. Okay. If you want to keep Mike Pettin, that's fine. Oh, you got a little CEO for me. We're bringing in Dave Taub. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Chief special teams coordinator. Right. The best special teams coach. I would say ever. Now, he has interviewed for jobs in the past. You wonder what, what, why he has not been hired, but uh, I'm, I'm taking him up to Green Bay. Okay. I don't know if that's... The, I would like him in one of these spots. I don't know if that's the spot. Okay. You want a, you want a quarterback guy? I don't know who I See, want. See, I don't there. need a quarterback guy. With I know. Him. I said before, just get someone to make sure the defense is good and right. good culture guy. And then, uh, well, let... I'll tell you who you could argue then. Okay. This is who I'm sending to the Cleveland Browns because oh. I'm keeping Freddie Kitchens around. What? Okay, you better hope he wants to stay around. He's taking charge of the offense. This is my one retread. Leslie Frazier. Really? Yeah. Okay. His defenses have been great everywhere he's been, even in Minnesota when he went to the playoffs one year out of three years. His, quarterbacks, his quarterback was Christian Ponder those three years. Okay. And Matt Castle. Are you really going to hold him accountable for a bad record? His Where is Leslie is Frazier good. right he now? He is the defensive coordinator for Sean McDermott, the number two DVOA mm. defense. Interesting. His defenses have been have been very good all. That over. Bills defense, like I, I was Fantastic. looking up all these Bears categories, like the Bills are yeah. like within a few spots of them. Their defense every, has been every uh, every category. Which McDermott's in the head coach, so uh, right defensive yeah. head coach, so he probably gets more credit. But of right. course, okay. But even in Minnesota, his I believe his de- defenses Leslie were top Frazier ten DVOA. In Cleveland, okay, interesting. I don't remember liking him as a coach necessarily, yeah. but but no one has to, where you know his name never gets brought up. Yeah, okay. All right, the Jets. Oh, who you got? I am sending them Houston Texans quarterbacks coach Sean Ryan. Hmm. An up a uh, uh, an upstate New York guy who went to Hamilton College. Shout out to the Continentals. Okay. And what do I like about him? Um, I like that he has done some interesting stuff with Deshaun Watson, I guess. Maybe you give Deshaun Watson all the credit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. But he also, I mean, last year they were, I guess they were bad without Deshaun Watson. Mm. Uh, he's been a few other places. <laughs> he's been with the Giants when they were good. Okay. Uh, somewhere else, I'm forgetting. He's not my most favorite. That one makes me nervous. He's not my I most mean, favorite. Working hire. under the Bill O'Brien decision making is mm, not great. He's not my favorite. Deshaun Watson, it feels like his best plays are him just doing stuff and not listening to Maybe any that's coaching. fair. But okay. Yeah, uh, I was I was going to give Aaron Cromer a job and then I forgot that he like beat a kid up and was arrested, so mm, okay. I, yeah. I whacked him. Well, good job staying away from that one. Uh Denver Broncos. 
Ravens special teams coach Jerry Rosberg. They've had very oh, good special gi- teams. Okay, you're giving the you're giving the Broncos yeah the Ravens special. T- okay, all right, that's another stretch. Mm-hmm. Again, most of these guys I just want to bring in for an interview. It's you, good. I want to find out more okay, about. Okay, yeah, uh, but he's they've been very good. All their right. special teams. Dolphins. This is a weird one. Steelers running backs coach James Saxon. Okay, what do I Who's like? been better than the Steelers running backs? Okay, all right. James Conner. Who's the other guy Le'Veon who came in? Bell. Well, yeah. I, I know, know, but that even when Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Bell. like when he would miss a game, D'Angelo Williams would, right, that's would, uh, true. would have a great game. That's true. Uh, maybe that's, uh, maybe well, that's why Mike Munchak gets these, off, gets these interviews. Maybe it's an offensive line thing, but uh, James Saxon, I uh, like what I see from the guy. I, looked a couple, I watched a couple <laughs> interviews. Which is that a minority candidate or no? It is, yes. Okay. Uh, what you need to get me is the person who picks the Steelers wide receivers. Mm, I know. And make him my GM. The biggest thing about the Steelers is their is their uh Yeah. Their draft record is, is very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh the Bucks. Very clear that the Bucks want to hire a college head coach. They tried to hire Chip. They're interviewing Brian Kelly. I'm giving them Mark Helfrich. Yeah, okay. Sure. Why not? That's not a bad one. Okay. If he's if if, if people like him personality wise, I could think of many worse options to take a swig on. Sure. Arizona Cardinals. This one I I, I struggled with this one. because um, I want to give him a good quarterbacks guy. Okay. I give him Todd Munkin. Great. Okay. Why wasn't Bruce Arians one of your uh He's retreads? he's talked about. I'm trying to get guys who oh, are talked okay, about. All right. And lastly the Bengals, I'm giving them uh, he is talked about, I'm giving them Eric Bienemy. Bengals, who can, can we put let, let's put the minority coaches in places where they actually have a chance to succeed. Can you can you make him the Browns? Okay, sure. <laughs> I'll put him uh how about he goes to the Packers? Or the Jets. How about the Jets? How about the Packers? The Packers, sure. But then we got to put Tab somewhere where he can be successful. So we'll put him. How about Tab in Cincinnati? That's How about Tab in, Tab in Cleveland? And you let Freddie Kitchens okay. still run the offense. All right. And then uh, Leslie Frazier in Cincinnati. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. All right. Let's put, let's put uh, Sean Ryan in Cincinnati. <laughs> okay. Since you think he's going to fail yes, anyway. Yes, I think that's good. That's a good one. Make him earn it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's, that's all. That was good. So now some NFL team can pay me that's know, right. a fifth of what you pay Corn yeah. Ferry. And Joe Banner yeah. seems to think the numbers about how much they get yeah, paid are yeah. inaccurate. All right. Ready for some questions? Yes. Loyal listener, Glenn Ochol. I'm guessing Ochel. it's Ochol, but oh, I, I thought know you that. knew Ochol. Olympian. Says to avoid the 1 a.m. hallway walk with the laptop, why not try and get hotel rooms with connecting doors? Uh, quite frankly, I want to be as far away from you we as possible. We had that once. Where did we have that? <laughs> did we? We had it in, uh, oh, in we, LA. Oh, we didn't have connecting we didn't doors. We didn't have connecting doors. We, we were next right door. next to each other, yeah. No, we, uh, I would rather be far, far away. No offense. Assuming the Eagles move on from Mike Grell, I would not assume that. This is from uh, K Money. Would not assume that. Who would be the Eagles' choice for OC next season? Assume no flip. I mean, I don't think this scenario is playing out. Yeah, I don't think so either. Mike Grell might deserve some credit for this uh, 
offensive turnaround. Yeah. Let's see how he the might. season plays out. I still think they, they should bring in some new voice, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that he's going to. I did, it is weird. I, I look at the coaching staff much differently than I, now than I did a month ago. Yeah. I still think an idea man would or, or woman would be good. I agree. I think they, need, they do need some new voice. Yeah. Best chi- South Rob, best Chicago deep dish spot. I don't, I don't, don't ask me. Don't yeah. ask me. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. Don't ask well, us. Tell is, us. Yeah, what are we doing here? I think I got that information. Also, archive? like, it's not really pizza. <clears throat> you don't like a deep dish? I, don't, I mean, I don't dislike a deep dish. I'm okay. like, look at me. Of course, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy bread and cheese and meat and and sauce. Uh, but I just, it's not pizza. It's a, it's a casserole. Hmm. Do you like a upside down pizza? Not as much. Really? I prefer a regular slice. Have you done a picas? No. Okay. Have you done a Santucci's? I have. Okay. Not it's okay. I like a regular slice better. I enjoy. All right. Pryor lost out on the Philly, but what about, this is from Ryan Lane, Joe Osman, Osman? Joe Ostman. Ostman. Full year on the practice squad? With the entire year without being shuttled on or off once or earning a call-up, is there a name for such an achievement? Mm. Can it be the Ostman? I don't think it can be the Ostman. I believe that has okay. been done before. Okay. Uh, but it is rare under Howie Roseman. He does like to shuffle those spots around. Okay. Julian, what Joe do you... Osman, uh, I think we said in training camp, the man was born to be on a practice squad. Mm. Julian, what do you make of the team seemingly responding more to Foles leading the team over Wentz? The ski masks and dog masks last year being prime examples of the team expressing themselves differently with Foles under center. Hmm, what do you think about that? Kind of interesting. Uh, strictly on the ski masks and the dog masks, I think those are, seems to me, less about Foles and more about Foles comes in, and so they are uh, counted out by people outside the building because Foles is in for Wentz. And so it's a response to that, not to Foles directly. Do you think that teammates feel like they have more ownership and will get more credit for doing positive things with Foles as the quarterback? I don't know the answer. I'm just asking. Not really. Okay. I don't, I mean. I don't know either. I'm just asking. Yeah. All right. I think both quarterbacks are pretty well liked, it feels like. Dan says, the Eagles have the two longest by time of possession drives of the 2018 season. Oh, I didn't know that. Against Indianapolis and Washington. We've bemoaned their lack of quick hit offense, but are we underselling how useful this could be? I might actually trust them to run out the clock if they needed to. Well, I don't know. Not against this team. I don't. Yeah, no, it hasn't. It's not like these are at the end of game. Well, when was the Colts long drive? I don't remember. It doesn't feel like they've been as good. I would have to look at the numbers in like the four-minute offense to end a game as they were last year. Yeah. I mean, there's something. To, I, that's, I just don't feel like that's a sustainable way to be right. good for a whole year. It's too hard. I agree. You occasionally need to have a, a quick strike. Power Andrew says, power rank the NFC playoff cities. Ooh. Dallas, Chicago, NOLA, Seattle, and L.A. as places to live or visit. Mm, that's do, a good one. Are we going to do live or visit? Let's do live. Live, okay. Now, uh, what you don't know, <clears throat> listeners, is that as we were going for a walk one day in Santa Monica, we ranked uh, 
We ranked the divisions of if you had to, if you had to be randomly placed in a yeah, division right. to work for to cover one of the teams, which division would you like to get placed in? So we've had a bit of this conversation. Okay. Places to live. So you can speak for it. Now are we are we discounting Philly, the other five? Yeah, it's the other okay. five. All right. You're the only one who's lived in any of these five cities. True. I would rank these are great cities. Yeah. I like all I like all these cities. Great cities. I think I would have uh, L.A. first. Okay. When I go to Southern California, I wonder sometimes why I don't live there. Too much time in the car. I, I can be in my little Santa Monica borough. Okay. Mm, two is tough. Two. I know you like a Texas, but I think Dallas has to be fifth here. Dallas, well, I cannot picture myself living in Nolens. Hmm. <laughs> I've been another saying, another huge smile on I've been face. saying I've been saying Nolens all over the house and my wife is not a fan of it. <laughs> if you know where they go if they win this week. <laughs> no. Nolens. Um yeah, I don't know. I have New Orleans or Dallas as my fifth. I could live in New Orleans, I feel. You think so? Yeah. I think I got New Orleans fifth, but I might have New Orleans first on my visit. Okay. So I'm gonna go New Orleans fifth. Dallas fourth. These other two What's are the tough. cost of living in these places. I don't know. Well, what kind of you know? What kind of house can you get in Seattle? Oh, Seattle? No, we had to rent. Okay. Yeah, very expensive. I feel like New Orleans, you could get you could get a little nicer piece of. What property. about Texas? Yeah, probably own half the state. Probably not. Maybe not, not that. Not uh, with all that oil money. Okay. Uh, you see, I have always liked Chicago. I, I like feel Chicago. like that would be a fine place to live. But I did very much enjoy Seattle. I think I would go L.A., Seattle, Chicago, Dallas, Nolens. Mm. I'm gonna give it. Uh, oof. See, I don't really want to. Seattle's live. a great really place to raise a family. Okay. But the weather is so much better. Yeah. You know, uh, Chicago. I want to put number one, but those are some harsh winters. Mm. I'm going to go Chicago. Chicago, one. Wow. Seattle, two. Mm. New Orleans. Wow. L.A., Dallas. Okay. I'm probably being wrong about L.A. Vic says, if Zimmer well, is What that- about the AFC cities? Tomorrow. Do, do Friday. Friday. We'll do that with Coach Flynn. Oops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so That's special. out of the bag. <laughs> But uh, Coach Flynn will hopefully be on with us on Thursday. That was, <laughs> that was uh, a special yeah, guest. Yeah. All right, Vic says, if Mike Zimmer is that good of a defensive mind, why do they keep drafting defensive players and have around 65% of the camp committed to the defense? Mm, good question. Fantastic question. Great question. If you have the guru on one side right. of the ball, you should be spending less resources on that side of the ball. Fewer. Presu- fewer. Presumably the... Scheme and the coaching can make up for a lack of. That's talent. true, but even more than that, you shouldn't be spending that much on defense to begin with. Okay, I mean, I think that's right, and I think in today's in today's NFL, don't spend so much on the defense. The National Football League. Brian says, "Why isn't Kirk Cousins co-hosting this podcast? He's got nothing but free time and eighty-four million dollars. He's hanging out with Sinbad. Have you reached out to his people?" He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't handle this podcast. Why is this a peck nest? Oh, okay. okay, okay I see why. Okay. It's a peck nest migrate from Will, but it says for Shield. Wondering why he's excluding you, but then I read it. Okay. So, 
here's the Pecknest migrate for mm. me. Family goes away three times a year without him. I'm afraid to place that in one of those ones. <laughs> Eagle. What is that? How does it, I don't what, know what that means. It yeah, only happens that, one year. Yeah, that then, can't be yeah. like a nest. What does that mean? Every year that happens? Every year that happens, yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles, 2000, <laughs> Eagles 2019 Super Bowl victory. Bo finally gets rid of his cough. Mm. Oh, I'm interested. I don't want to nest. The, I don't want the Eagles to win the Super Bowl every year. Okay. Mm, what does that do for me? Yeah. You know, once, some subs. A, once in a while. Okay. Bo getting rid of his cough. I mean, now, what does that mean? I never get a cough again versus I just get rid of this one? Yeah, this is a confusing one. No, I love my family, but I don't know. Three weekends a year yeah. of shield time. Mm. I think I got to nest that. <laughs> I can't think that's fair. I'll nest that. I will. Uh, I will peck the Super Bowl victory. So I guess that happens one more time while okay. I'm covering the team. That would be good. Yeah. And then I will. Uh, That's mu- fine. I can handle the cough with that. Yeah, time. the cough's fine. It's already gone. Okay. John John says, "Do we have to leave? Is locker room opening up soon? Do we have anything else to do?" No, but I think it's four fifteen. Unless people are. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, John says, "Was Michael Bennett the NFL's second most impactful veteran acquisition last offseason?" Behind Khalil Mack. Doesn't feel like it should be true, but I'm trying to think. Well, certainly more impactful than Kirk Cousins. And Golden Tate. And Golden Tate. Uh, Let's see. Cox and Bennett ended the year as the top duo in terms of uh, quarterback hits, and they combined for 19 and a half sacks. Well, let's just talk about if if they're making a big impact, it's got to be on a playoff team, right? So Rams... Mm, you know, Marcus Peters, no. Sue Tlaib, no. Sue Tlaib, so. no. Okay. Saints. Cooks. Cooks, yeah. Okay. Saints, nobody knew of, of note, right? Um, Eli Apple. Bears, Trey Burton. Allen Robinson? Mm. No. Um, Seahawks? Nobody. Rams? I mean, Cowboys? Amari Cooper, sort of. Amari Cooper, that's but, a good one. But he's kind of trailed off a little bit. I feel like. Yeah, that's a, but that's a good one. You can make a case for Amari Cooper. Um, AFC Patriots, no. Chiefs, no. Chargers, no. How are you scrolling through these teams so quickly? Ravens must have a beautiful mind. Gorgeous. Because we're not talking about draft picks, right? Ravens, not that I can think of. It's a good question. Maybe one Colts, worth exploring. Eric Ebron? Maybe. He certainly seems like he would be in the category. Najee Good? Bennett, Amari Cooper. And then the Texans. Anybody else? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. One worth exploring. Good question. Christopher says, not specific to this game, but I was curious, how do the contract incentives affect salary cap? Shield mentioned the multiple 500K bonuses Foles could earn in the playoffs. Is that surplus to his current contract number for the season? And does that affect the cap? It does affect the cap. I believe it gets added on. So you add that to what you're spending if the player hits the incentives. Hmm. So Nick Foles... 
If he plays 33% of the snaps in a playoff game, he gets an additional 500K. If they win that game, he gets an additional 500K. For example, if he gets through the Bears game and they win, that's a million dollars in his pocket. If he takes them to the Super Bowl, that's $4 million. That's good, a, good a nice work. change. Good work if you can get it. It's, uh, that's a lot of burrito bowls. We got something here? Oh, that's, oh. Maybe they are opening a locker room. All right. So you I heard some doors up? opening and closing. Oh, so we might be missing it. Is anyone tweeting about stuff? All right. You want to just call it? If you got a, we can a, get to the rest tomorrow or Friday. Give me one. One. Let's end it on a question. All right. Nick says, if Sayamalu is good to go, does he get the starting left guard job back? I bet Wiz has some theories. Two. <laughs> That's good. Who, in Bo's voice, Thank you. would you rather have back next season, Golden Tate or Mike Wallace? I would rather have Mike Wallace back, presuming he'll get a very good deal on his services. You need somebody to be the nominal field stretcher. Anyway, I think I'd like to fill that role with a veteran and a draft pick. Um, huh, I, is there, he, could he be back? Yeah, why not? Um, and we did ask Doug today about Siamalu. He said, we'll see what happens. My guess is that it, it, they, they're not going to insert him in uh, after the way they've been playing the last three weeks, w- whether or not Wisniewski is a bad matchup for the Bears. I would agree okay. on everything. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow as Chicago Week continues. I came up with that last night. What would you think? Chicago Week. Not Did, bad? Didn't really notice. Not my best, but not my worst. I thought it was just a typo. No. I never typo. Mm. No. Uh, yeah? That's not true. Well, you're going to ask me about that uh, apostrophe? It wasn't a typo. It was uh, <laughs> Then what was it? I think just an error. All right. So maybe someone else should have caught it. Semantics Maselli. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a special guest. A very handsome. <laughs> a mystery guest. <laughs> a very handsome mystery guest who just so happens to love Wawa and medieval times. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. And as always, we love you. <laughs>